Hello, you're listening to Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun, episode 75, Backpacks and Dragons. Enjoy the show! I'm Rosie. I'm Jessica. And you're listening to Rosie Rosie and Jessica's Jessica's Day Day of Fun. Hiya! Hello. I've got a rotten cold, so I'm looking forward to editing out my sinuses. Um, Thought I'd share with the group. Thanks. Found a great YouTube tutorial about how to do a uh, sinus-based massage on your face. <laughs> uh, did it work? Yeah, surprisingly well. Um, Interesting. Because the worst thing is when you're not feeling well and you try and sleep and then you just... <laughs> you get really dry mouth. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know that this isn't the usual topic of conversation for this podcast, but it's now a health health. Yeah, welcome to the show. Today we'll discuss snot. I mean, the best thing about this video of massage is that it's by a lady called Heather Wibbles. <laughs> does she? I believe she does. She's a, a charming a charming woman from America, Robin Arias. Anyway, you say you've got nothing for the intro. Don't worry, I've got loads. You've got everything. Yeah, which... Everything. I mean, also, considering I've been so poorly, managed to cram it all in there. Well, the day we last recorded, we recorded in the morning, and in the afternoon, I went off to the opera. The operetta. Lovely. Very much so. I went to see The Mikado at the English National Opera. Uh, Brian Eno's production. I haven't seen it for a long time. Uh, well, it was the same production as that video our parents had from like 1992. But obviously a new oh, cool. version. Yeah, that, that's when I watched The Mikado. <laughs> Jonathan Miller's version, where it's the 1920s. And they're not all in yellow face, so I do approve of that. Good, that is a relief. I thought I really liked Gilbert and Sullivan, but it might just be that I really like the Mikado. Yeah, I think I don't know enough Gilbert and Sullivan generally to uh, to weigh in on the subject, but I do quite enjoy the Mikado. Yeah, well, I went to see Party to Penzance, and some of the songs are great, but they're not as universally good as the Mikado, and the plot is a lot worse. And I know, you know, no one's seeing Gilbert and Sullivan for really incredible plotting. No. But What is I Own the Very Model of a Modern Mage General in? Is that, is that's that... Pirates of Penzance. I thought so. And that's hurrah for the pirate king and a policeman's oh that song that you always sing at me yes yes the policeman's lot is not a happy one happy one is also from pirates of penzance yes so did that the next weekend galentine's day happy galentine's day what's that you say why it's only the best day of the year in honor of leslie nope and her love of breakfast food I had a Galentine's Day brunch at which I served mimosas in honour of Donna Meagle and Tom Haverford's Treat Yourself. Treat Yourself. So I had waffles and mimosas and then my bestie, my Anne Perkins. Anne Perkins <laughs> stayed behind a bit later and I said, do you want to finish off that bottle of kaffir that we were drinking? She said, I just have. So we opened another one <laughs> and watched two episodes of Parks and Recreation. Including, of course, flu season. The best. The best of the episodes. It's such a good episode. Stop pooping. <laughs> I was a lovely Galentine's. So I had I had my gals over. So much food, Jessica. So oh, much I, food. I would have I would have come if I didn't have to, you know, be at work, but I thought of your You know when you get into the point where you've got loads of nice food but you have to eat it up before it goes off and it actually becomes quite stressful. Yeah, it's it become pressured. Into eating vast amounts of cake. Yeah, I had to keep up a regimen of eating scones and cream and jam. It's a very difficult life I lead. <laughs> Tricky. Then this weekend, Comic-Con. How was this Comic-Con? How was it compared to last Comic-Con? What were your costumes? What were the meetups like? Dissect and discuss. Go. Okay. 
this weekend just gone it was london super comic con which is a smaller convention than the mcm expo i went to it was in the same venue which is the excel center in east london east london yeah yeah in the dlr that's probably the east oh yeah that's fine but it it wasn't in the whole building so also on <laughs> were a classic car show and yep. a baby show which Amazing. turns out is not where you buy babies oh if you've been to the excel it's sort of basically one long central aisle i mean reservation huge. yeah with big uh, um conference and exhibition spaces coming off it uh so in the central bit which is where all of the cafes and restaurants and things are i like to play which convention are you at <laughs> pregnant ladies automatically siphoned into the baby queue anyone with prams anyone who looked like a grandmother i'm sorry it's profiling anyone in costume i thought they were likely to be a comic card you might go to the classic car show dressed as batman but you probably wouldn't what if there was somebody dressed as a giant baby oh driving a car yeah and then anyone who looked like they wanted to present top gear and they were at the classic car show yep so it was it was a smaller event and this one is more focused, as you get from the title, and the Super Comic Con is much more on comics. But there, there was still a, a big cosplay contingent. I was dressed as Luna Lockhart on Saturday, which was a new costume for me. And I went to a Harry Potter meetup, which my friends Serena and James had organised. And it was oh, lovely. Cool. We were meant to be outside, but it was raining super loads. So we moved to the car park. But actually, it was quite good. We found a, a wall and it, it worked well for the pictures. And there are a couple there who were dressed as Lupin and Tonks. And he totally proposed. Adorable. It was pretty adorable. And then they got pictures taken of them both pretending to be dead after the Battle of Hogwarts. And that's what love is. Nice. That was really fun. And there was another girl dressed as Luna who lent me her copy of The Quibbler because she'd brought copies of the quibbler that she'd made oh, and cool. she was really sweet and it was it was fun to have a, a fellow luna and james was harry potter because he looks like, looks harry, like potter. harry potter and serena was Ginny being the hollyhead harpies quidditch team Ginny. i really liked that she'd gone for a kind of a different angle on it rather than just the just the school uniform yeah well because she was meant to be writing up a chapter of her phd that week so instead she made quidditch uniform <laughs> Good work. Excellent Which work, I think is the perfect thing to be doing. I think so. We met lots of people, saw some terrific costumes. Uh, I met a, a girl uh, who, well, she was Hermione, and then halfway through our Harry Potter meetup, she ran off to become Clara Oswin Oswald to dress up for a Doctor Who meetup that was taking place straight afterwards. That is commitment. Yeah, I mean, I knew I do different costumes every day, but to take two costumes in one day. Do they have a cloakroom? Was she carrying them all, this all around with her? They do have a cloakroom, but I think she just had her bag. Right. Which brings me on to the second day when I was Kimmy Schmidt again, which I love to cosplay. I mean, for many reasons. I love Kimmy Schmidt. That's a great program. She's a great character. Her costume's really fun. It's really fun getting to be Kimmy and wander around. And I find myself just wandering up and down, you know, with my thumbs in my rucksack, smiling, looking at everything. But also, she wears sneakers in a rucksack, and it's super comfortable. <laughs> yeah, she's she's definitely a practical second day option. That's what I thought. Like both times now on the Sunday, I've been Kimmy, and I took a packed lunch, and it was declared a very Kimmy thing to do. Definitely. Was it mostly candy? No, actually, there was no candy. That was for dinner later. Oh, okay, yeah. There was a huge bottle of Pinot Noir, though. On my second outing as Kimmy, I finally found someone dressed as Iron Man to take a picture with. Yay! I very much enjoyed the photo. It was so much fun, and I sort of kept my eyes out and hadn't seen anyone. And then I saw him across the way, 
I was like, oh my god, Serena, run! She was just as Princess Leia. I was like, you've got to come with me, ditch these bozos. Help me, Leia, you're my only hope. Exactly. To Mangler Classic. And I said, hi, I'm sorry, could I take a picture with you? He's like, yeah, that's fine. And I said, uh, and it's going to sound a bit weird, but can I hold your hand? He's like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> you know, thought I'd ask rather than just grabbing it. And he went, oh, someone's asked me to do this before. And I said, yes. <laughs> It's a thing, and I explain. He hadn't seen Kimmy Schmidt, but he he understood, and he had a great eye. I mean, his costume was amazing, so we had a lot of It was of a very good costume. And yeah. it was really kind of him. He was like, yeah, that's great. And he really got into it in the picture, because I've seen some pictures where another Kimmy cosplayer had found an Iron Man, and they looked deeply concerned by the whole affair, whereas this guy really got into it with Yeah, me. he was, like, smiling and kind of had his arms flung out as well. And just... Yeah, I did a little bit of shopping on the store. So they have lots of places selling merchandise, and they'll have what's called Artist's Alley, which is where people are selling original art and often will take commissions. I didn't do any commissions this time because it was a slightly different setup of artists and they were a bit more expensive because they were a bit more proper, I guess, um, than the kind of doodly type things that I like. Um, But I did get a print of a piece of artwork where Lilo and Stitch are dressed as Harley Quinn and the Joker. Adorable. Which I couldn't resist. I saw it on a Saturday. It's like, this is amazing. Didn't buy it. And then on Sunday, it's like, yeah, I need that. On my I need that in my life. I also bought a comic book, but I bought it from my friends who run a comic book shop and where I sometimes work, so I got my staff discount. <laughs> said, if I buy this now, can I have my staff discount, please? <laughs> Which is cheeky, but fair. And I bought Unbeatable Squirrel Girl Volume 1, and she's rocketed to the top of my potential cosplays outfits. Excellent. Because she's a girl dressed as a squirrel who has a squirrel companion called Tippy Toes who wears a pink bow, so I would get to make a toy squirrel. Genius. I can't wait. Uh, and on the Sunday, I caught a little bit of the end of the masquerade before I left, but I was getting tired, so I, I went and I said, I'm, I'm going to go now. And they started showing a preview of, uh, there's a program called DC's Fancast that's coming to Sky because Legends of Tomorrow, the new DC kind of superhero TV show is coming to Sky 1 and they've got a little right. spin-off thing. And I said, yes, I'm going to go now. And then an interview with Arthur Darfell appeared and I just silently sat back down for five minutes. <laughs> okay, now I'll go. In any second now, now, I'm going to leave. But I watched the trailer for this Legends of Tomorrow program and I don't know anything about the superheroes in it because no one does. No one's heard of any of right. them. And I watched it and I misheard what my beloved Arthur said of the bad guy. And this bad guy's name is Vandal Savage. But I thought he said, we have to defeat Randolph Sandwich. <laughs> That's better. Yeah, and no less ridiculous. A very different show. Now I can't take it at all. Se- I mean, it wasn't a particularly serious show to start with, but now I think, yep, Randolph Sandwich. He's, he's got to be defeated. <laughs> oh, my. I mean, you would watch any program with a... I, just yeah, saying. definitely. I'd at uh, least give it a go. And since then, I've watched... Um, I've watched two seasons of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, a season of Community, and I've started Arrested Development again. Good work. Community went off Netflix for about two weeks. That's traumatising. Darkest timeline. And then it came back, and seasons one, three, and four were up. Things got dark. Well, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Jeff's arm fell off. And then the next day, two seasons two and five came. I mean, obviously we're already confirmed seasons one to three, but <clears throat> it was dark. And then I realised today, what I really needed to be back on Netflix, The American Office. Oh, yeah. Remember yeah. when that was my life? I do. And Jessica, you can't say that you've done nothing, because I know for a fact you've watched <laughs> I know. more than two seasons of Pretty Little Liars. When you uh, mentioned I realised that I've, I've watched a lot of Pretty Little Liars. I just would need to know what happens. 
Guys, there's seven seasons of this, and I feel like this is quite a big commitment that I've taken I think on. There's only six. Uh, are you in season three now? I'm on season three now. I've nearly finished season three. Yeah, it's just continuing. I'm I'm concerned that it may be a lost situation where actually they don't know what's going on and they're making it up as they go along. Like at the end of Gossip Girl. Yes, yes. See, that was the thing. I did realise that within like the first few episodes, if uh, A turns out to be Dan, I will be furious. <laughs> But I mean, if it literally turns out to be Dan, he just wanders on as Dan Humphreys. I will find that unendingly hilarious. Yes, Dan Humphreys, thank you. I can remember his name. I'm now on episode six of Pretty Little Lies, and I've got the overwhelming need to know what happens, but I haven't quite got to the point where I'm watching it really, lo- like it's actually compelling me to watch loads. <laughs> right. Uh, but I've managed not to Wikipedia any of it. Yeah, I, I have to. I'm, I'm, I kind of want to get to the end, and I've, I'm determined to actually do it manually rather than just reading what what the answer is yeah uh, okay. i have a question as somebody who's watched quite a lot further than i have yes i, I mean i know there's kind of overarching questions about who a is but yes. does it answer some questions as it goes along it does yes because i would find it really annoying if it's just mystery upon mystery i need some things to resolve themselves yes that things do get resolved and then continue on and then you know so you're, it's not just constantly who are they? oh we nearly saw their fit oh no you get sort of as well as the trail of breadcrumbs that lead throughout that you do get sort of snippets of, of payoff good um and i i was again thinking about this just yesterday i wonder if they had been cancelled after the first season if what you kind of learned at the end of the first season would have been enough and they would have gone with that as the answer okay um intriguing yeah but having said that that wouldn't actually have answered everything but then i'm guessing that they knew they weren't cancelled so yeah, I'm sort of six episodes in, and they're very much still finding their feet as a program, I think, because every single one of the four main characters has already had about three love interests. <laughs> yes. It's so confusing. So, what is it, Emily? She had a boyfriend at the beginning, and then her new neighbour, who she was going out with, sort of, and then she took a guy called Toby to homecoming, yeah. and... The, it's really, really she wanted to be there with Maya and yeah yeah like the main girl she's kind of seeing somebody in a what's the phrase I'm looking for delightful statutory rape situation yes yeah and then she also the next thing I knew she was having pizza with some I cannot keep track of all these white men that look the same <laughs> all these dudes turn up I'm like who are you now I don't which know which one you? one you are you're all kind of luggish you know generically handsome small town American dudes could one of you be distinguishing in some Could way? Put a hat on, just a an bit. eye patch, like a weird haircut. Could somebody grow a moustache? Anything? Exactly. Could be like a, a some kind of distinguishing feature. Uh, but it's really good. Yeah, in it's, a kind of crap me. way. It's, it's definitely filling the once upon a time gap in oh, my life. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's that sort of level of quality programming. Which is back in a week's time. Oh, thank goodness. I know. Good, but also. That means that more episodes of Pretty Little Liars are coming. Sorry, bye. Yeah, it does. Have you watched this week's Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yes, I have. Jake's little face when he realises he's in a die-hard situation is probably my favourite thing in the world. I know. You pick the kayak, other buckets. <laughs> I, irritatingly, when I watch things on 4OD, my computer doesn't seem to stream them very well. The sound is perfect, and the uh, picture is a bit jolty. Okay. So every so often I do I do miss things, but I did particularly enjoy his, his reaction to realising what's happened. Jessica, do you have a song for this week's episode? I do have a song. My song for this episode is Foot Tapper by The Shadows, which I'm pretty sure I haven't had before. I don't think so. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Definitely not, because I was listening to Sounds of the 60s this morning and thought, God, I can't believe I've never had this before. So yeah, that's my song. Lovely. Top five! Top fives. Gurus. Spiritual advisors. 
mentors. Thank you, Captain Raymond Holt. You're welcome. Hot damn! <laughs> I I didn't... I mean, I knew Brooklyn Nine-Nine was good, but watching it all in four days... Hey, i got a great life. Yeah, you realise just how great it is. And also, it's really good that you see kind of linking jokes that I hadn't really noticed before. Oh, that's cool. Gina's weird love for Terry, I don't think I'd probably twigged. Yeah. Until I watched it all in quick succession. And then, of course, in this week's episode, she wants a picture of him coming out of the shower. Anyway, uh... This week we're going to be discussing our top five fictional gurus, mentors, advisors, people to whom we would turn in a moment of crisis. But not like, can you help me get a dispose of the body crisis? More in a sort of, should I take this job or should I move to Prague or something? An an offer I struggle with on a daily basis. I I have a competition to prepare for and I need some instruction, that sort of of thing. Mm -hmm. If you would be willing to help someone dispose of a body, probably they'd, they'd be more valuable, but never mind. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't think you should turn to mine because mine include a nun and a police captain. They, they don't strike me as body barriers. Some of mine definitely would. Some of mine have. Right, my turn to go first. Number one. Number one. Sister Julianne from Called the Midwife. Lovely. said it before and I'll say it again. Wonder Woman. Any moment of crisis, I'm like, oh, really, Sister Julianne, we're here. Is that Jenny Agatha? Oh, yes. Okay. And she would make a bundle if she rented out her own nun's costume and just, you know, said, right, if you need someone to talk to you for 30 minutes, <laughs> she's just hosted a drop-in. Sister Julienne, always a kind, supportive word. She's the head honcho nun at um, Lenata's house. She's not the mother superior because that's not how their nunnery works. She's so kind and sensible and she's very reassuring and she often appears sort of three quarters or two thirds of the way through an episode to to have a quick moment of counsel with one, someone who needs it. You just think, yeah, we need Sister Julianne right now. Good. Right now and at all times. Captain number two. Wait. Number two. Number two. Captain Raymond Holt, of course. Ugh, what a man. I love him so much. Uh, he's... Uh, I, think I, I think I've worked out my order of favourite characters on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Right, far away. Number one, Captain Raymond Holt. Number two, Gina Linetti. Number three, Terry. Number four... Rosa, number five, Jake and Amy. Tied equally. I think yeah, so. I think so. I can't decide between them. I like them. And the thing is, yeah. I really like Jake and Amy. So that's yeah. just, just not me like, oh, these are the, 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 the poopy characters. Yeah, I, I agree with your list, I think. I saw a clip of Stephanie Beatriz being interviewed, and she sounds nothing like Rosa. <laughs> There's a bit where Rosa does, find this now. does a mock kind of peppy voice. Yeah, and that's kind of what Stephanie Bitcher sounds like. Her voice is much more high pitched, and she sounds like she enjoys life, which actually makes sense when you think about it. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense. Oh God, imagine if you know what my reaction is. I'm I'm very much the Amy Santiago uh, when I think about Captain Holt. When I watched so much Brooklyn Nine Nine, I felt that I was adopting the mannerisms of Gina and Amy, and they were kind of merging my personality. And then I realised that actually my personality probably is a mixture of Gina and Amy. Yeah, that's pretty close anyway, I would have thought. Yeah, like, desperate need to please, but also Gina. <laughs> Number three. Number three. Jeeves. Jeeves, good choice. The good man choice. can solve anything. He can. Reading a book right now. As we know, I'm doing my reading project of reading all of the Jeeves and Worcester books. I'm onto the first one I've not read. However, I've watched the episode on television that's based right. on this book, so I do know how, where it's heading. You know who done it? 
Yeah, it was Bertie, almost certainly. What's he done now? <laughs> Someone with Gussie Fink Nottle and the prize giving. So I'm reading Right Ho Jeeves, and this one, you're getting very much like, Bertie, stop being so arrogant! Stop talking over Jeeves, let him solve a problem. Because he can solve any problem. Yes, he can. I bet he'd dispose of a body. Yes, but I think he would also stop you getting into a situation where you had a body to dispose <laughs> of in the first place. That's true, yes. Yes, he would have preempted the entire situation. I'll tell you who would help you dispose of a body. Number four, Number four. Rupert Giles. Yes. he's He definitely would. I mean, he's the watcher. He wears a lot of tweet. Uh, he's a very smart man. He's a librarian. We love it all. Rupert Giles. Uh, number five. Number five. Someone who wouldn't approve of his punk-ass book jockeying. Leslie Nope. <laughs> who we all need a Leslie Nope in our lives. Yes, we do. You should always talk to yourself in the way that Leslie talks to Anne. Good advice. Yeah. Be your own Leslie and your own Anne. That's not as good. Um, yeah. <laughs> She's so supportive... She always wants the best from people because she knows that they can achieve it, not because she sets unreasonably high expectations. Yes. She is great at giving gifts. She's great at giving slightly weird compliments. Ugh. And she loves waffles. She loves waffles. Leslie, no. Was I wearing a tiara when I came in? Jessica, your top five. My top five. Okay, number one, Granny Weatherwax. Yes. What can I say? Probably I, sh- probably I should think of something. Yeah, she's uh, one of the witches from the Discworld. And uh, she's sort of head of the coven, but not in... They don't have any formal structure, but she's obviously the one in charge. Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> don't mess with Granny Weatherwax pretty much is the uh, is the answer for that one. I might get that on a t-shirt. I was thinking every time I take my twice-daily nap, I should pop an I Ain't In Dead sign up. That would be funny. Oh, that's a good idea, yeah. Uh, number two. I've got Ron Swanson. I've gone in a slightly different direction. Uh, this has but... happened before, because when I said I wanted Leslie to be my boss, and you said you wanted Ron to be your boss. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's what it, it was. It like... speaks to us as people. <laughs> I couldn't remember if we uh, if we discussed this before, but that's actually what it was. Oh, it was more that Ron is the boss of well, yeah. the parks department. Yeah, because he uh, he sets up the Swansons. Well, no, he doesn't. Leslie sets up the Swansons, but he runs the... I can't remember what their troop is called. The Pawnee Outdoor thing anyway the khaki scouts of north america yeah <laughs> i like leslie's um ooh, idea idea of setting up a, a new youth group called the swansons do you much to the beat of your own drum did you make the drum yourself um in one episode he does literally become a mentor to a little girl that he meets who's on a class trip uh explaining to her why government is terrible but he's a mentor in libertarianism <laughs> yeah, yeah then he gives her a landmine as a gift which was very thoughtful of him i thought when tammy too is mean to tom he picks him up like a baby and carries him from the room <laughs> I say when she's mean to him, when she beats him up. The second time is when he ends up in prison with cornrows, right? <laughs> yes. I love um, that program more than life itself. And he pays Randy to go to college, and it's all good, and it's all cool. Ron Swanson. And he gets really excited about doing treasure hunts. I'm so pleased that we finally entered 2012 and are getting season five of Parks and Recreation in this garbage country. I know, it's good, isn't it? Good lord. Number three. Number three. Mr. Miyagi. Wax on, wax off. Correct from a Karate Kid, mostly because he shows Daniel how to do all the karate and the violent stuff. But then he also, importantly, he teaches him not to use it. And I think that's a valuable lesson for everyone. I think so too. And he does like he makes bonsai trees and stuff, and it's cool. Number four, Doc Brown. Oh wow! Because where there is Doc Brown, there is madcap adventure. But everything sort of writes itself in the end, and not not just by luck as well, because he is the kind of slightly. Um, Anarchic? Anarchic, yes. But usually it is science that solves the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that's cool. And number five, Giles. Oh, great. 
Yeah. He's the one who I knew definitely had to dispose of a body. I'm going to stop mentioning that now. Yeah, do you have... I mean, I know we've turned the video off to record this. This is because you're, you've accidentally had a massacre. Yeah. Again. Honourable mentions? Honourable mentions. Honourable mentions. I, I have Granny Weatherwax at the top of my honourable mentions. Excellent. I have Captain Holt. Yeah. Uh, crazy cupcakes. <laughs> Next up I have President Bartlett. Oh, good choice. Because he, I mean, aside from doing this to everyone, as I said in our list of bosses, you know, he's kind of everyone's boss because he's the president. But he also does the kind of turning up at the right time in the episode to give Charlie some useful advice. Yes. And telling him he's proud of him and stuff. Giving him knives or something. Yeah. I have uh, Professor Charles Xavier. Oh, great. Now, I have Yoda in my honourable mentions. He was originally in the top five, but he got bumped for one reason and one reason only. Obviously, Yoda is like you know, the master of all mentors. You could describe this as our top five Yodas. You could. However, one of his most famous lines is, do or do not, there is no try, which I think is terrible advice. Yeah, I really hate that. That is the only problem I have with Yoda. It's really passive aggressive. That is the worst piece of advice I've ever heard. Also, Yoda, you're a backpack at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's bad advice. Just try, because you might fail, but at least you've tried. Yes. Can you imagine if we told the brownies, don't bother because what's the point? That's essentially what he's saying to me. Like, oh, right. No, I think it is. It's you either do it or you don't. Don't bother I, saying yeah, you'll try to do it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Because that's what, like, otherwise he's saying what my life mantra was for at least four years, which was if you don't try, you can't fail, which is a terrible advice to live by. Yeah. But for a long time was, it was like, if you never try anything, you can't get it wrong. It's fine. Yeah. I'm better now. <laughs> Good. So anyway, other than that, I like Yoda. But um, I disagree with some of his... Uh, yeah, anyway. Jack Donaghy. Yep. Except for walking. He's not good at walking. On the right occasion. We just, you don't <laughs> want him difficult. giving his advice at all times, but he is usually right. Yeah. Especially about wearing tuxedos after six. Oh, yeah, that is correct, yeah. Uh, Maggie Mayhem from Whippet. She's like the cool aunt. And she's Kristen Wiig. And she's Kristen Wiig. Um, yeah, she kind of takes Bliss under her wing. Like, as soon as she meets her for no reason other than yeah. she's like, I'm going to look after you. And that's cool. I have Rufus from Bill and Ted. Rufus! I like how he sort of turns up, tells them how it is, and then says, well, I'm going to leave you to get on with it, and disappears. I've only been contracted for a few days' work on this film. Yeah. That's not what he says. But, uh, yeah, he doesn't babysit them. No. Do you have any more? Yes. Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. Yeah, good. I like it. I mean, she'd be kind of a contemporary. She wouldn't necessarily be somebody I really looked up to. But she has such a positive outlook on life. And, I mean, what is the great thing about the programme, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, is that you're like, wow, this is such a dark start to a sitcom. And then it's about a character who survives, who constantly says great things. Like, there's a bit where the guy comes and, like, gives her a sneak hug from behind, and she she hits him and says, I don't like that! And I'm like, that's what we should be teaching all girls to do. And she's at one point, she's just like, you know, girls can do anything now. And then she's doing her her kimmying and shouting, I'm not really here, which I have done more than once. (laughs) Anyway, Kimmy, what a great outlook on life. Yeah. Uh, I also have Teddy Roosevelt from... Night at the Museum. Yeah, I'm not sure the real Teddy Roosevelt. I'm not including real Teddy Roosevelt, I'm including Robin Williams' Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. But mostly because I happened to glance at the DVD shelf and saw... That's how I write all my top fives Night at the Museum. museum. I was like, I'm going to put Teddy Roosevelt in. He's great in that film. Yeah, you would want that Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. Last on my list, I have Dewey Finn from School of Rock, because I think that's really funny. (laughs) Cool. Yeah, unexpected. I know what you're thinking. Yeah. But he, like, makes those kids' lives better. He does. And they've touched him too. 
Yep, time to leave. I've got a song. What's your song, Rosie? It's Clearest Blue by Chiverches. Ah. I mean, I think it's just churches. Churches. But it's got the churches. I think it's Latin churches. Oh, church churches. Or um, not not Latin, just uh, maybe like it was carved in stone and they hadn't worked out how to do U's yet. Yeah, curves had yet to. Yeah. They could do C's apparently, but no uh, no, no U's. Churches. Do you have a snack? I do. Avocado toast. Ugh. I've become obsessed with it. Instagram. Yep. Oh yeah, obviously I've Instagrammed it all. Toast, mashed up avocado, pine nuts, uh, vegan mayo, and cracked black pepper. I wondered what the white stuff was. I I mean, I love a, an avocado toast with a poached egg, which obviously is not something that would interest not, you. Not but... for me, but um, I imagine it's tasty. Uh, my snack, salt and pepper cashews. Ooh. Now, my dear friends Toby and Bridie came over yesterday to cook me lunch because... I have incredible friends. Let's just accept that. And while we were, or while they were cooking, Toby produced a bag of salt and pepper cashews. And cashews are great because they're very creamy. In fact, they're used a lot in vegan things, I believe. Yeah, you can make a cashew, uh, cashew like cheese sauce and cashew mac and cheese and stuff. But then they were covered in salt and pepper and they were, it, I mean, the so, oh God. It was one of these things you're like, please take the bag away. Ah, I've eaten all the nuts in the world. I thought that about the chips I was eating yesterday to the point at which I was like, I am not enjoying myself, but I just kept shoveling chips into my face. There's a point in every serving of chips I've ever had that has that. Yeah. Needle and fed! Needle and fed. What have I done, Jessica? I've done loads. Well, off you go then. Okay, so last time we spoke to the podcast, not to you, we do speak in between recording. I just started knitting my Loran cardigan. Which is now finished, and I am wearing... I slightly ran out of the blue wool I was knitting it in, so I knitted the neckband in grey. Nice, I noticed that. Smart. Which I think really elevates it. I think otherwise it would look a bit schlubby. I do too. I think that uh, that makes it. And it also means it's good that I didn't buy any ribbon and lace when we were in John Lewis, because I was expecting to have some of this blue left over to make slippers. Oh, uh, yeah. didn't. I have cast on a new pair of socks using the wool I bought in Brooklyn. Yep. Sila, which has all these kind of slip stitches and his toe up which is a new thing for me but mainly drag a gun drag a gun long time listeners will be aware of the orange monstrosity which was a really hideous jumper i made in a color that no one should wear in a block i don't know what i was thinking well i sort of do but it didn't work out how i wanted it i have finally frogged that jumper but not all of it because it was a well it's very difficult to frog and made a toy dragon which i made in six days and i'm super pleased with it he's adorable uh, I have enough wool to make a hundred. Not a hundred, but several. Maybe everyone gets a dragon now. I used a pattern by Barbara Prime, who did the mystery knit-along I did last year. Uh, with some changes, for a start, I was knitting it on bigger wool, so I needed it on bigger needles, so he's larger than the pattern. I put the arms on upside down, on purpose, because that meant he had little hands, and I thought that made him look nice. more dragony. I added a point to his tail, because dragons should have pointy tails. Yeah, definitely. And the legs I changed quite a lot, so hers I felt were a little mammalian. So I made the feet shorter, uh, I mean actually in height, and the legs I did a lot of increases so that they're more muscular at the top and then sewed them to hit the side of his body so that he sits up like a little, kind of like a Charizard in this colour. <laughs> but Yes. I mean, he's, he's not obviously meant to be that. And he's got contrasting spikes on his head he's got three on the back of his head and wings and a point on his tail and it's all done in big softy yarn and he's got safety eyes and the pattern is adorable it has these really cute little nostrils uh and we've named Adorbs. him breville after the sandwich toasters correct have you seen my wife make toast 
and we tasted each other that at the same time because we were brought up together. <laughs> so this is my dragon and I love him more than anything in the world. Bad luck rugby. And I'm doing a project which I can't really talk about properly because it's a gift, but it involves learning to use Fair Isle. It is exciting. It is exciting. We will explain it more. I think we can agree that this has worked and that I can knit Fair Isle. I think so. Indubitably. It took some learning, but it's worked. You can see at the beginning, I didn't really know what to do at the back and was kind of twisting things up too much. Yes, that is me. Oh, and I've done a lot of repairs to my cabbage patch kit, Intern Kaylee. Yep. How is Intern Kaylee? Almost too nicely put together to touch or play with. Not that I was like having tea parties, but she's got really. I brushed out all her hair and then reset it in perm rods, um, which kind of well, worked about sixty percent, I would say. Yeah. Uh, and now she's looks too precious, but I fixed all of the popped limbs. I washed her little outfit. I might put her in a girl scout uniform again. Very good. That's all my crafting. I've just sure. been knitting loads, like just on a big knitting jag. I was just watching Brooklyn Nine Nine and knitting for hours. Nice. Good times. I made banana and walnut muffins uh, last week, or earlier this week, because I had some bananas that needed to be cooked. You know when you've had them in the fridge because they're on the turn? The only time I ever cook with bananas. I've never decided just to make banana bread. It's always Or because otherwise I'd just eat the banana. Mm. Um, Yes, they were tasty. I decided, like as I was making it, I was going to put golden syrup in it because I thought it would taste nice. So they're really quite sweet, but not horribly so really pleased with them because I was sort of eyeballing the recipe a bit so that was good exactly yes that face is exactly what I was doing Rosie just pulled this kind of weird squinty really works on audio squiddy face you're a squiddy like, face like a squid um, and that's my needle and fed what have we seen this week what have we seen this week have you seen Elmo ham for ham oh my god I saw Elmo in ham for ham best thing I've ever seen on the internet yeah I don't actually understand what ham for ham is because I firstly still not listen to all of that too shut up and um, I can't get too involved because I think I'll love it too much. Okay. Hamilton on Broadway does a $10 lottery each day where you turn up, you put your name down, and if your name is pulled out of the hat, you win a pair of front row tickets that will only cost you £10 each because it's sold out all the time. So to get affordable tickets and people the chance, they do this lottery thing. So while everyone is queuing up to put their name in or wait for the lottery to be drawn they started doing little shows on the steps to entertain everyone like they'd get the girls doing one of the songs that the guys usually do or on national techie week they did one of the songs but the only person who had a microphone was the stage manager so what you actually heard was mostly him calling the show and the cast pretending to be on two revolving turntables but just on the pavement what they've started doing now the weather's very very cold and they don't necessarily want to encourage people to hang around in the cold they've been doing digital ham for hams uh, so they make little videos and upload them that also means that they can get things like special guests and record things in advance last week for president's day they had elmo and he appeared with chris jackson who plays george washington the pride of mount vernon is it a weekly thing that they upload a ham for ham or do they do it every day? I got the impression it's every day, but I could maybe it's just the weekend it's ones. Too many. I actually can't remember, or I'm not sure. Now it's it's become a thing, and everyone's like, "Is there a ham for ham today? What's going to happen?" If you follow Lynn Manuel Miranda or Hamilton, you will get them in your timeline. Uh, I saw the one with Elmo where they sing "Story of Tonight," I believe. Yes, yes, that is the one from President's Day. Elmo. And he's got his little. Um, oh my God, Elmo is George Washington outfit as George Washington. So cute i like it when they do the kind of sesame street things like that where they are slightly knowing there's a slight knowingness to the puppet's performance the puppeteer's performance and it's very sweet and it's adorable 
and I love it. I also like all clips of Lin Manuel Miranda and Groff Sauce in their dressing room, like when they had all of their Elizas were down. And uh, tra- yes, yeah. do, do, do you know, know the part? <sighs> all of it, every word. Yes, that was funny. It's our great blog post. Pets that are stuck but pretending everything is fine. <laughs> Those things yeah. like dogs in hedges or. Dogs sticking their head through a bin, and there's the one who had its head through the uh, one of those string back sun lounger patio chair things. You yep. know the one that's like basically made of clothesline. Yep, a cat in a bagel, cat stuck between sofa cushions, a pug in a dishwasher, a cat in a slinky, a corgi on a picket fence, <laughs> a dog with its face in a slice of bread. It's tremendous. We've all felt like this, and they all look like yes, and I am a dog <laughs> in a fence. Yeah, everything's normal. That's my dog voice. No, no, I'm fine. No, I don't. I don't need help. Yeah, you, you just, you just um, carry on with what you're doing. I'll get myself out of this. Maybe do it. Yeah, just no, just like yeah, keep going. Just maybe do what you're doing somewhere else. Why are you taking a picture? Everything fine. I don't know what. Right. Who? Sorry, I became what kind possessed. of dog is that? The best dog. That's what kind of dog. <laughs> I also watched a clip of Chelsea Peretti, Gina Linetti. Yep. who auditioned for the part of Rosa, Rosa, Rosa. That's the Pontiac Bandit. Uh, yeah, I got and that. then didn't get the part, so, so they made a new part of Gina on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And she hosted the Crunchies, which is the Tech Crunch Awards. And she very much did the thing of, I have been offered this corporate gig. I will take the money, and then using the time you've given me, I will make fun of you in a way that is not necessarily as kind as you want it to be. <laughs> and she really rips into them for being undiverse and ruining San Francisco. Uh, which is funny, because her brother invented BuzzFeed. My aim now is to get to the point where I would be asked to host an award ceremony, but I also am ballsy enough to say, yes, I will do this, and then um, do a sort of Stephen Colbert at the White House uh, press dinner thing. I'd just be incredibly rude about George W. Bush. Press correspondence dinner. Obviously, I wouldn't be rude about George W. Bush. They would find that quite out, outmoded yeah but yeah, it, she's very funny i love chelsea Peretti. rosa 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 don't judy pontiac bandit yippee kayak other buckets uh bye that's okay. the end of the show we're gonna go and consult our mentors about how to dispose of all these bodies jessica's got i <laughs> know oh, it's all right i've done it already okay bye To find out more and to read show notes, find links and photos for this and past episodes, you can visit our website at rosieandjessica.co.uk. You can email us at say hello to rosieandjessica at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at the Day of Fun Show. Rosie and Jessica t-shirts are now available. You can shop for all your Day of Fun needs at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash oh my greyhounds. <laughs>